Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. Hope you're having a great week. Jill and I are out of the country and are enjoying ourselves where we're at, although we are missing pickleball. We've only been able to play a little bit of pickleball, actually one day of pickleball in the last few weeks, so we're definitely missing the game. But hopefully you're getting in some pickleball and enjoying this beautiful sport and continuing to work on your game and improve your understanding of pickleball. Lifetime of learning is what it offers. That's what we always say. And uh, our objective is to try and, and provide you as much information as can help you get to where you want to get to. This week's podcast, we're going to talk about something that's really important if you're, in fact, trying to improve, which is the scarcity of time. We're going to be talking about how there are things out there that maybe seem interesting or seem like things that might help your game a little bit in the mar- on the margins. But at the end of the day, there's only so much time that we have to dedicate to the game and to dedicate to our improvement. So what we want to do is talk about that and how we can prioritize so that we make sure that we're working on the things that will give us the biggest bang for our buck. And in the riff, I'm going to share with you a video that I did recently, uh, uh, the, the highlights of a video I did about five things uh, that I've learned basically as a master teaching professional and having played and studied this game for the last uh, five plus years. And so I'll give you five things that I definitely would recommend you do differently uh, now that uh, I know better about the game. Let's jump into the podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a little more serious about your pickleball game than the average bear. When you're looking to improve your game, it sometimes can be difficult to know who to turn to or who to trust. Well, you know you can always trust me, Tony Roy, and CJ Johnson. We are two pickleball professionals dedicated to helping you become the best pickleball player you can be. Let's keep working at it together. We recently published our first video in a series of videos that we're doing on spins. The video that we just published talks about the impact of spins or the lack thereof, really, in, in real gameplay. In other words, is our spins really going to impact your game? And we show you some different shots and different types of spins to show you that really, at the end of the day, the impact that they have on your shot really is not that significant. Is there an impact? Yes, there's an impact for spinning the ball from spinning the ball. But is it going to radically alter your game? The answer is probably no. And the real problem with adding something like spins to your game is that it distracts you from adding other parts of the game or working on other parts of the game that will have significantly higher impact, a positive impact on your pickleball. An example is where you're standing on the court in different parts of the game. So where you're standing as the server, as the returner, as the non-returner, and as the non-server, the 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 other player who's not serving on the serve team. Where you stand and how you move is going to have much more impact on your game than being able to impart some additional little bit of spin to the ball. But players don't work on it. Most players don't work on that part of the game, on understanding the strategy of different shots, on understanding um, you know, the, the, the placement of shots over the uh, spin that you might impart into that shot. And so what happens is we end up again, distracted from the things that will actually give us more benefit than the potential benefit of adding additional spins into our ball, into our shots. And the other thing about it that that correlates to it is the amount of time that's going to require for us to learn a skill. So as as you're working on your game or as you're working on your improvement, you want to think of a couple different things. You want to think of what is going to give me the highest marginal advantage. You want to think about it more colloquially, it's what's the biggest bang for your buck? What can you do 
that is going to have the biggest impact in your game. And here's an example. Let's say you play against a lot of bangers, right? And they're banging balls at you. Well, you definitely need two skills. You need a skill of resetting or slowing down the shots that are coming at you that need to be reset. Those are the ones that are low and, and, and should be hit. But you need a, a very important skill is letting out balls go. And I guarantee you, maybe not all of you listening, but the vast majority of you listening, don't spend any time working on your outball skills, working on, on training your mind to, well, number one, let out, let balls go, right? Because that's number one. We have to understand, hey, it's okay to let the ball go sometimes. And number two, when do we let it go? So if you're playing against a lot of bangers, an area that would would probably be high on a list of, of, of shots to work on and skills to work on is, number one, your block volley. And number two, the shot that you never hit, which is letting that out ball go. So in terms of priority and marginal advantage, I would say to you, that is a high priority. Now, in terms of the amount of work and, and it's going to require you to, to get that done, that also goes into the mix. And let me explain how that works. And let's continue the, the idea of the block volleys and the out balls. Let's assume that you're having, you, you have difficulty hitting a block volley. Okay. Now a good block volley can take some time to develop. So it's not an overnight thing where all of a sudden you, you wake up one day and you go, you know, I'm going to have a great volley today. That'll require some work and some repetition. And it can be hard sometimes to get that work in because of the, the dynamics of getting that work in. Usually to hit block volleys, you need balls fed to you. Uh, you can do it against the wall. It's a little bit difficult. Uh, you, you would have to basically drive the ball against the wall and then block it. Again, it's doable, but it's a little more complicated. So block volleys are one of the few areas of pickleball that you actually uh, do benefit from having either a, a, a pro, another friend of yours, or a, um, a ball machine feed you balls. So let's say that for whatever reason that's, um, that's problematic and it's just going to be more difficult. You know what's easier to work on? Outballs. Because outballs is really a mindset thing. Outballs is not you hitting the ball, obviously. It's you simply getting out of the way of a ball. And it's you understanding when, uh, when to get out of the way of the ball and, and also how, how to move your body to get out of the way of the ball. You can train those things, um, at least the movement and the mental part of understanding the outball concepts, without ever even stepping on a pickleball court. You can do it in your living room. Now, in terms of training your mind to recognize that it's okay to let balls go, in other words, just the wiring, yes, that one you do need some balls fed to you because you're going to let the ball simply go past you um, so that you get that mind going, yeah, that's okay, you let it go, you let it go, you know, and not the end of the world. The world didn't disintegrate because you let a ball go past you. But a lot of the part of the out balls you can train without ever having to step out onto the court. And the thing is, if you're playing with bangers, that is going to be super high value for your game. It's going to radically alter your game. Whereas adding spins to your game is not going to radically alter your game. And I don't care what spin you're talking about, whether you're talking about, uh, you know, a topspin third shot, a topspin uh, return, a topspin serve, a sliced return, whatever. Whatever spin you have in mind, that spin is not going to radically alter your game. Can it add some improvement to shots? Yes, I'm not. I'm not dismissing spins in their entirety, so I'm not a anti-spinner. Um, what I'm talking about is is evaluating it logically, given where you are in the game and what things might give you greater advantage. Again, if you're playing bangers, block volley, out balls. If you're new to the game, for instance, then maybe deep return to serve, deep serve, and getting some sort of third shot over in a punch volley. 
that's going to give you a high value for your a lot of bang for your buck if you're going to spend some time working on it. If you've mastered all of these other skills and there's no other skills that that you know that you need to work on, you can always add spins to your game. Not a big deal. Throw them in there. But as you think about it, think about what is it that's going to give me the highest benefit? And then on the flip side of it is how much time is it going to take me to learn that skill? How much uh, effort is it going to take relative to that advantage? Again, picking on spins for a second, I would suggest that unless you come from a sport where you already know how to spin the ball, like a tennis background, then it is going to probably going to take you longer to learn this, to spin the ball properly. That's key. Um, relative to the advantage. So you're going to look at it and go, "Eh, maybe I can table that for a while. The other thing is this. If you're going to practice a skill like spinning the ball, be wary of learning it incorrectly. There is a lot of videos out there, a lot of information out there on how to do it incorrectly. And primarily what that looks like is where you're throwing your wrist around, you're just flicking that paddle all over the place. I'm going to tell you something. You start flicking that paddle all over the place, that's going to result in a ton of variability in your shots. A ton of variability in your shots is going to mean a ton of mistakes. And if you know pickleball, you know pickleball is a game of errors. It is a game that is not won. It is a game that is lost by a team. One team or the other is going to lose the game or lose the rally eventually. And enough rallies, you end up losing the game, which ends up ends up with the other team winning, right? But you have a, a error reduction idea in pickleball is really important. You start adding spins incorrectly by throwing your wrist around. What happens is... You introduce variability, increased inconsistency. That means more errors. More errors means more lost rallies. So as you think about your game, as you think about items that you want to add to your game, be objective. Look at it in terms of the type of play you're playing right now. Where are you? What kind of group are you playing with? And then start analyzing things that, that make a lot of sense from a priority standpoint and then also things that you can add to your game. One other, I want to, one other one that I want to touch on briefly is the third shot drop. Third shot drops are amazing shots. They're very uh, valuable if you're in a place where you need to have a, you know, you'll need to have a good third shot drop to move, uh, to keep on advancing at a certain level. But I'm going to suggest to you that depending on where you're playing right now, where you're at right now, you may not need a magical third shot drop right now. And the reason is because if the opponents that you're playing against can't really handle too many shots anyway, if they're missing a shot after three or four shots, really what you need to focus on is you not missing. So don't miss. Keep sending the ball over, even though you're not, you know, maybe it's not a perfect third shot drop. Maybe it's not the magical shot that you eventually are going to work towards. But in the meantime, what you do is you get your shots over and over and over again. And a lot of times at a lot of levels, that's all you need in order to be successful. So look at your game objectively. What's high priority? What can you work on now? And work on that first. In the riff, I'm going to share with you five things for your game. So you want to make sure and stay tuned for the riff. If you or someone you know is looking to get into pickleball, we have the solution for you. We have an entire getting started series that is designed for beginners and new players just getting into the game. It includes how to find places to play, the gear you need, and some tips to get you out on the court. I'll link below to the entire Getting Started series. Check it out, and we'll see you out on the courts. All right, I'm going to give you five things that I would not do as a pickleball player now that I know more about the game as a master teacher professional. All right, these are going to go kind of rapid fire. Number one, 
We already talked about it in, um, in the main section, but it's number one. I will not try to add spins to my game at first. Number two, I would not take everything said to me at the courts as gospel. You got to be careful with that. Sometimes it's good advice. Sometimes it's not. Listen to next week's podcast. We're going to talk about this. Uh, I would not worry about hitting the balls too hard, thinking I can just overpower players. That's a lot of times not going to be the, the solution. I would not ignore the value of the soft game. Uh, when I first started playing, I was like, soft game, schmaff game. I don't need that. You need the soft game. I would, no matter where you are in the game, I would start thinking about the soft game and adding it to my game. And the last thing is I would not jump from pro to pro to pro to try and learn pickleball. You want to pick a horse and you want to ride it. If you listen to our podcast, we highly recommend that you listen to myself and CJ because we're definitely going to give you advice that help you with the game. All right. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about that second thing I mentioned, taking everything said to me at the courts as gospel. You got to be careful with bad advice. And we're going to talk about one piece of bad advice that can definitely damage your game short term as well as long term. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.